I'm Matt Downing, and welcome to Diving Deep EDU. Curious conversations with all types of peeps. Encouraging innovation, we are diving deep. Certainly education is what we like to speak. Fervent with dedication, now it is time to teach. Thanks for tuning in. We are doing a mini quick hitting series on hybrid learning. It's a hot topic these days and something many people are reflecting upon and gearing up for in the next school year. Our guest today is Monica Burns. Monica was a former guest on Diving Deep EDU. Go back, check out episode number nine to hear our conversation. It was great. Monica is an author, speaker, podcast host, and curriculum ed tech consultant. She also has a super helpful website, classtechtips.com, which will give you plenty of ideas on how to become a tech savvy teacher. Monica, thank you so much for joining me again. Summer's upon us. Any big plans for summer? So glad to be here with you. Well, this summer, I'm doing a switch from what has been virtual presentations to more Mm. of a hybrid model, just like our topic for today. (laughs) So I'll be out and about at a few different schools and working with some different districts. So that's what's on my calendar this summer. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, that sounds fun. And as we think about hybrid learning, maybe hybrid presenting as well, as we reflect, uh, what are some of your big takeaways? Yeah. So this year, when thinking back to some of the different models for hybrid instruction or that mix of delivery, being in a physical space together and an online space together, one of the biggest takeaways is just the the growth in conversation and the types of conversations that I've been having with educators. There's things that a couple years ago we might have struggled to wrap our heads around and discussions Mm -hmm. on technology integration. And now I find that so many folks are asking great questions about how to make the most of digital tools with such intention. And I think that really came from the experiences of this past year and just looking at digital tools in different ways. Yeah, that's great. That's great that you've been able to have those conversations. Sometimes teachers don't know if they're asking the right question. So they might hear you say that and and think, am I I asking the right question that Monica's talking about or (laughs) am I asking sort of the wrong question? Um, What are some of these right questions that you've been hearing from teachers? I know we all fall into that, we don't know what we don't know type of trap sometimes, right? And so asking great questions in the in the conversations I've been having with educators is really about the why mm. and why are we going to use this tool with students? Why would this make something different than in the past? Yeah. And it's really led to conversations around differentiation on the value add or benefits, different features within a tool might bring into work that's happening in a classroom setting, whether it's online or um, face-to-face or somewhere in the middle. So the types of questions I've been getting that I really appreciate because it sparks great conversations are around the intention behind Mm. picking and choosing different tools, but then also picking and choosing the right, and I'm doing air quotes as we're talking, (laughs) the the right moments for bringing Mm. something into a particular learning experience. You know, what are some examples um, that you've seen with hybrid learning that have gone especially well? 
So one big thing are the opportunities to have students participate, whether they're at a distance or face-to-face mm-hmm. or you know in that mix or in that middle or hybrid environment. So that can look very different in different situations, but the conversations I've had with educators and things that we've looked at underneath that umbrella of participation and student engagement and formative assessment, which has some overlapping. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I found is the power of using tools for assessment or to check in and to give kids an opportunity to share um, may look different now than it has in the past. So even using, say, a tool like Mentimeter, where kids can put in a word response as part of a word cloud. And you might have students that wouldn't have raised their hand in a traditional classroom, jump into that space and contribute a word or two, kind of feeling a little more low stakes, if you will, than being physically all together and feeling that pressure of whether or not they want to raise a hand. But then also giving kids options on how they might share. And that could go alongside a tool like Flipgrid, where they can choose to be on or off camera, use their voice, add in text or an additional link, or get a little silly with emojis, but now they're here, right? And showing up and responding to a prompt or question that's been given to them. That's great. Thank you for bringing that up, uh, those two sort of different examples. Sometimes as teachers, uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard this, sometimes teachers have a difficult time sort of getting that participation from from students in in a virtual environment, and it can be frustrating. But that's really helpful guidance that you've just provided, that there's many different ways, there's many different avenues to get to that. And also the choice uh, is very helpful as well. So now I'm going to ask you the why, right? We get that why a lot. So why is it so important for students to have this participation and to have this choice within this learning experience? Well, there's a lot of layers there too. And and one thing I want to make sure to acknowledge when talking about the different choices we give students is especially for students who are learning at home or that's been their primary mode of instruction, there's a lot of other factors and environments that Mm. can influence how comfortable students feel in participating. If they're in a noisy spot, if they're on the move. I know I've worked with students remotely this year where someone might be in the car for half of the time that we're together because they're transitioning with families from one spot to another. So first and foremost, I think it's so important to acknowledge the um, constraints that might be happening in certain families and environments, all of whom Mm -hmm. have the best of intentions, but there might be other things going on at a particular time. So that really comes back to what you asked about choice. So giving kids options of ways to respond and engage and participate that might even include some synchronous or live opportunities to share, and then some asynchronous pieces, which even if there is a live component of work that's happening at a distance or in a hybrid model, a student might be better positioned to participate at a different time of the day or during their part of their family schedule that just allows them a little bit more flexibility. So choice can come in lots Mm -hmm. of ways. Am I on camera? Am I off camera? Can I use voice or voice to text? Mm -hmm. And do I have the right time that I want to um, jump in and and share? As you've been helping, you know, all of these different teachers, what have you seen that they're sort of struggling with the most? What's been a roadblock uh, that sort of prevented them from engaging with hybrid learning in an effective way? 
Well, there are a few things that I know have come up in my conversations and my work with schools and districts and just what I've heard from folks who are reaching out with questions even on yeah. social media channels, right? And so one of that, um, one of those pieces is really prioritizing and deciding what is going to be top of the list, right? It's a struggle in the best of scenarios, mm-hmm. right? Where we feel like we can't accomplish everything we want to, but in this new space and new environments and a new delivery model, that's especially true. So one of the big things that I've heard that has been a challenge from folks is making tough decisions about what they're going to put their own time and energy into, Mm -hmm. what they're going to use or not use. So that's one thing. And the other piece that goes alongside that, you know, definitely adjacent to it, if you will, is that. Oftentimes when we switch to a new space, we're trying to do what we used to do in this new environment. And so it can be very tempting to try and simulate or copy or do kind of the same sort of thing with a few substitutions. And there's going to be moments where that's okay and maybe the best first step. But then there's other opportunities to put some things aside and embrace a new space and what it might lend itself while realizing that we just can't do the other thing the way we used to. Here's an opportunity to address the same goals, but we're addressing those goals in a different way. So let's think forward for a moment. Let's look to the future. Let's look to the summer, what you're going to be doing with your hybrid presentations. Let's look to the fall and what's going to be possibly happening in schools throughout this country. What is something you envision or hope for as things move forward with hybrid learning? So I really hope that moving forward, everyone embraces some of the spaces that they have been introduced to this past year. Mm -hmm. And one of those big areas is a learning management system, a portal, a platform, depending on where you might be and what you might call it. So whether that's Schoology or Canvas or whether it's Google Classroom or Teams, just really embracing that space as a hub or a central location that can accomplish goals around organization of Mm -hmm. materials distribution of materials, assessment in some cases, and really being able to flip a switch, if you will, so that if someone has a weather event and now we're spending the next two weeks learning from a different location, or there is a situation where there's a short-term school closure, that we're able to move back and forth with less friction than this past year, right? right? Understanding, and of course, I want to emphasize that planning for a face-to-face instruction and planning for um, distance learning is very different and it's not necessarily a, okay, Mm -hmm. we'll just do the same thing tomorrow and we happen to be in a different space, right? Because we're making choices that are specific for that delivery model. But if we do have a central location, we have routines and systems and we're organized within a digital hub, it can make it smoother, right? We're removing Mm -hmm. some of that friction by having a central space we use no matter where we might be as for a primary mode of instruction and delivery. Monica, you're, you are always up to date on the newest software or apps. And for our listeners, if you're not following Monica on social media, check her out on Twitter, LinkedIn, and other places. Have you seen anything that was especially helpful in hybrid learning environment? Yeah. So there's been a few different things that have really jumped out to me this past year. Um, one of which is kind of revisiting an interactive presentation tool. I used a lot face-to-face. I've used it with pre-K students all the way up to adult learners. And this year I've been using it more at a distance, which is Nearpod. Um, mm-hmm. Nearpod, Pear Deck, interactive presentation software that really gets students moving through content, pausing for some active processing, formative assessment components mm-hmm. built in. 
And I found that especially useful in conversations around hybrid learning because there is an ability to bring everyone together live, but then Mm -hmm. also to send students off to work asynchronously or or self-paced, which can lend itself well to blended environments too. So those types of um, pieces are ones I'm really excited about. I've also been excited about the use of different creation tools and watching some of those tools. Book Creator is a great example and a a tool, a, a company that I've done some work with over the past few years. And it's been exciting to watch as some of these tools have really grown in what they're offering and how flexible they've been for different learning environments. Yeah, those are some great tools for our listeners. If you haven't used those, go check those out. Follow Monica. She provides many tutorials online that are really helpful. And Monica, I just want to pause real quick and just thank you for the value that you provide. And this is a quick conversation. And you've sort of allowed us to think back in the past, like what has worked well, what hasn't worked well, without being too specific, um, helping us think about the why, and then also giving us the hope of uh, what this could look forward in the future. And also, we might not know. And I appreciate the way that you're framing it and your guidance. It shows that you're thinking about these things day in and day out, and you're immersed in it. And I'm appreciating the value you're bringing, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So Monica, we're closing this out. This is a quick conversation. Close this out with some tips or final thoughts in regards to hybrid learning. So one final thought to share goes along with what we're doing here, which is talking in audio Mm. format and inviting other folks in to listen. I'm a big fan of eBooks and podcasts and that type of resource for learning. And so as much as we're all together learning in this format today, I would encourage kind of my final thought would be to embrace audio formats with Mm. students as well. And if it's not just audio, then maybe it's stepping out of your comfort zone to look at a different type of media or different type of text type and bringing that in um, to students. So whether it's giving them an opportunity to go out and explore, choose a podcast episode to listen to or share an ebook or audiobook with a family member, there's a lot of other types of non-traditional media mm-hmm. that I would um, encourage folks to revisit or, or bring into their practice in the upcoming school year. Monica, thank you so much for joining me again on Diving Deep edu this was a fast-paced and helpful conversation thank you so much for all of your insights to our listeners thank you for tuning in don't forget to go back to episode number nine listen to that conversation with monica burns if you like this episode subscribe share it out and leave a review all of those things will help get this podcast out to more people until next time Wow, it's time to reflect. That's astounding. You've been checking out the podcast from Matthew Downing. Hope you like diving deep like a scuba diver. And the show provoked hope. That's our true desire.